Your business is an asset that can support a thriving life. I believe this, and I am committed to making this a reality for every entrepreneur and business owner who listens to this podcast. The Women Thriving in Business podcast was created with you in mind. Whether you are thinking about entrepreneurship or you're a business veteran, this podcast has inspiration, information, and advice you can use to thrive in business. Women Thriving in Business features candid, unscripted conversations with entrepreneurs, business experts, authors, and academics who will contribute to your business success. I seek out and talk with business leaders who have built, grown, and thrived in business. My name is Nikki Rogers, transformation coach, author, and the host of Women Thriving in Business podcast. I work with women entrepreneurs to develop the mindset, strategies, and connections necessary to thrive in business. Join me and your fellow thrivers each week on this journey of discovery and success. Welcome thrivers to this week's episode of Women Thriving in Business podcast. My guest today is Tierra Abstin, who is the creative visionary and the owner of Dreamcatcher Creative Studio, which is based in Northern Virginia. During our talk today, Tierra and I talked a lot about the difference between a brand refresh and rebranding and why your business may need to actually rebrand in order to attract the clients that you want in order to grow your successful business. We also talked about how the pandemic led Tierra to pivot her business and then why some family changing dynamics actually gave her the motivation in order to pursue full time entrepreneurship on her own terms. So a bit about Tierra. Tierra specializes in branding and website design, and she helps seasoned service-based womenpreneurs rebrand to create an elevated experience that highlights their individuality while establishing their expertise. By blending her background in corporate America and her inherent artistic abilities, she creates luxury, innovative, and time-honored personal brands. Tierra is a St. Louis native, and she has helped numerous entrepreneurs establish cohesive brand identities that attract and convert ideal customers into dreamy clients. So if you want to hear more about how you can create those dreamy clients in your business, listen into this episode for some tips on how you can do just that. Let's go. Welcome, Thrivers, to this week's episode of Thriving in Business podcast. My guest today is Tierra Abstin, who is the owner of Dreamcatcher Creative Studio. So thank you, Tierra, for being here today. Hi, Nikki. Thank you for having me. So Tierra, tell us about your business and also what got you started on your entrepreneurial journey. Yeah, so my company, Dreamcatcher Creative Studio, was created kind of as a business outside of the pandemic or as a result of the pandemic. Before I had Dreamcatcher Creative Studio, I was actually in a completely different industry and I had a stationary business that was focused on wedding and events. 
So in 2020, like many people, I pivoted my business to now focus on branding, web design, and brand identity. And I really specialize in helping women, women led service based entrepreneurs create a cohesive presence online in the digital space and then offline. So when I refer to online, I'm talking everything from your website to social media and wherever you show up digitally and offline, you know, your business cards, your media kit, anything physical that you may carry around for your business. So you talked about pivoting during 2020. What got you started on creating your own business to begin with? I think that for a while, entrepreneurship was in my spirit, but I just never really paid attention to it. I thought that you were supposed to do the traditional route of, you know, go to college, you get a good job, you work in corporate, and that was kind of it. And when I actually got into the corporate community and I kind of saw what it was about, I moved around, I tried different positions. I was like, okay, this is not working for me. I'm not really happy regardless of the money that was behind it because I managed to be successful and I managed to raise my salary and that kind of thing. But I knew I needed something more. But I didn't know what it was until I would say 2014, 2015 time frame when I ended up getting married. And I had so much fun preparing all the different designs for like my invitations, everything like physical that you can give out to your guests. I loved it. So I went to school for design, but honestly, I didn't touch anything design wise for like probably four or five years. So that was kind of introducing me back to that world that was very different from what I actually worked in in the corporate industry. It was more streamlined. It was more, what's the word? Not really creative. You know what I mean? So getting back to that was what I think opened the door back up. I just decided to go for it because I got so many compliments and so much feedback from that. I was like, well, let me just see how this goes. And in 2015, I opened the Dreamcatcher Stationery business that was focused on wedding invitations, signage, and things of that nature for your special day. I love the fact that you had this experience and it was a great experience just going through the process for yourself. And then you said, oh, this is a way that I can actually pursue what I'm passionate about and create a part of it. Absolutely. I didn't see it coming. I will say that I did not see it coming. And so when it actually happened, I was like, okay, you know, I'm a little nervous, but I'm going to do this. I'm going to see what comes out of it. And lo and behold, like I'm doing something completely different now, but it's still in the design space. It's in the creative space. Mm -hmm. So we talked a bit before about how you dipped in and out or ship over a period of time. So can you tell us a bit about kind of some of the things that were going through your head as you were really deciding whether you're going to be a full-time entrepreneur or if this was just going to be your side business? That's good. I really struggled with that because as I mentioned, you know, I thought I was on this one path and then I got to the destination and I was like, okay, I'm making what I want. What's going on? And when I started the side business at that time, I guess it wasn't really to supplement or take over my full-time job. But as I grew it, as I met more entrepreneurs, as I got immersed in that, okay, I can see this for myself. And then it started having me to challenge my mind in regards to like what made me actually happy, right? So I'm having all these challenges in the corporate world. It was I don't have as much flexibility as I like. I felt a little bit invisible in a sense sometimes. So it was all these different things that I dealt with in the corporate industry that I felt like didn't matter as much as an entrepreneur. 
And then once I decided to go for it, I ended up getting pregnant and starting a family literally two months or so after I decided to take that leap. Now, up until that time, I had fully prepared. I saved all this money. I was like, I'm going to do this. I was like fully in it. And once I left, it was like, Whoop, now you're pregnant. And I'm like, okay, what next? What's the plan? <laughs> unexpected, right? It was very unexpected. It wasn't like, oh my God, this is a bad thing. It was just shocking. And it was also like, am I, oh, this is not the plan type of thing. <laughs> so that made me kind of take a step back. And then in the same year, I ended up having other things that happened, like big changes in my life. My father got sick. Suddenly he ended up passing. And that really put things into perspective in regards to what I need to be doing, what's going to really make me happy. But in the same sense, I had this tug in my mind of, oh, my God, I have to be responsible now. I have a kid, you know, that's dependent on me. And so with all of that going on, I decide, okay, I'm going to go back to corporate. I'm going to be a responsible adult and make this work regardless. And I went back to work maybe, I would say the week before COVID hit. I physically went into the building. I was ready to jump right in. And luckily I had made so many connections that it was it was kind of an easy transition until COVID came and everything just changed, right? It shifted dramatically. And I think at that point, I didn't even know if I was going to continue the side business because I had taken a break to focus on my family and then decided to focus on corporate. So I was kind of at a, a moment of clarity where I was just kind of still in that. And I think with all of that going on, I just knew like, okay, something is still there, but let me take some time to figure it out. And it wasn't really until I would say summer 2020 that, you know, it kind of came back around and God showed me, you should still be doing this, but in a different capacity, basically. Mm -hmm. You know, I would do things for people on the side, often like friends that had businesses and they would always ask me questions. They would say, hey, can you do my logo? That kind of thing. But I never really showed that side of me to the world. And it wasn't until I started showing it on social media that I realized, okay, maybe I got something. And then that's how I kind of grew into this. Now I'm doing branding, you know, stationary. And the industry wasn't really booming at the moment because of COVID. But in the other, the flip side, everyone was starting businesses because, you know, they were home. They had the time. Some people were laid off. So it was a result of that, I would say, that really pushed me to focus on that and completely pivot. And so now I decided, okay, at this point, I want to focus on that full time as an entrepreneur. And so I walked away again from corporate America to fully immerse myself in entrepreneurship. And I think this time I'm more certain about it than I was the first time, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. And you mentioned a lot of different life changes happened to you. And that's really what led me to start my business. My mother passed away at the end of 2016. And I had already been thinking about transitioning from corporate, but that really put it in perspective of like, life is short. Yes, absolutely. What am I really doing over here? And what do I want to do? Yep. So I think those are, are times where we get to assess our lives whether it be having a child or losing a loved one, like those are times where we're like, wait a minute, what what am I really doing this for? What and what doing? life do so? Yes, absolutely. I think I definitely went through that. Am I wasting my time here? Like I should be happy living. You know, I should not just be doing this solely because I feel like I have to do it for this check, basically. Right. There's so much more than money, I say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> 
you can generate the money by doing what you're passionate about and what you're good at. So can you talk to us, Tierra, about maybe some of the challenges that you face as you've been, you grew one business, you pivoted, and now you're fully immersed in entrepreneurship. What have been some of the challenges that you've had to face? Well, the pivot was kind of challenging in the beginning because I felt like I spent so much time trying to build relationships around that business and trying to nurture those. And people began learning me for that business. So having to reprogram someone's mind to now look at me this way was kind of challenging. I will say that and not knowing whether it would be well received or not. So it was a little bit of like imposter syndrome in there. That was big for me at first. And then I realized I just had to step into it and I just had to be confident and it would be fine. I realized a lot of times as entrepreneurs, you change your business. I started looking at other people and I'm like, okay, when I first met her, she did this. Now she does that. So I realized it wasn't uncommon. Mm -hmm. So I had to just get past that imposter syndrome that I had. And then I had to get past that idea of failure the first time around which was for me, it was really hard. Like, oh my God, I failed last time. But in reality, it wasn't really a failure. It's just how I perceived it to be. I planned for it. You know, I saved money. I was out there networking regularly. It's not that I didn't take anything from it, but it was from a, I don't know, maybe it was a money perspective or something. I'm like, I failed. It didn't work, you know, type of thing. But it wasn't a failure. So that was another big thing that I had to push past. And I think that was just like a mindset that a lot of entrepreneurs go through when they have a dip in their success bar, right? When they have a dip, they're like, oh my God, this is horrible. I quit type of thing. So those were the biggest ones I would say. And then it's just literally staying consistent and setting the bar to where I know I can stay consistent and not have it like, not compare myself to someone else's bar. You know what I mean? I had to realize what works in my life may be different than what works for someone else's life especially with social media and things like that. I had to be flexible in that way. You know, I may think I'm going to do a live today and, you know, my baby's sick from daycare or something like that happened. So those are the three big things I would say have been challenges in growing in entrepreneurship. I love that. I just was doing a talk about failures being lessons. We don't always feel like they're lessons at the time. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> I love that image that you just painted of like a dip in your success bar. Yes. <laughs> yes. Nobody wants to see that dip. But what I'm learning is even if you look at your business financials, right, and you see things that happen, you can explain them. Yep. What I thought of is when you talk about a dip in your success bar, how do you explain that dip? It's I tried something new. I took a risk. I think I'm going to put that on my board. You're like, you know, yes. And like, look at the dips and be like, okay, what did I learn from this dip? Because I feel like you can always learn from a dip. Oh, when you're yeah. High, you're riding high, right? You don't see anything. But that, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's literally this whole thing is just a big risk. That's what I tell myself. Anytime you're doing a risk or doing risky activities like entrepreneurship, you have to expect some kind of bump in the road regardless of you planning or thinking that everything is, I have everything in alignment. No, it's not going to go like that. <laughs> it's not going to, so. I love it. And, you know, on the flip side, what would you say has been one of your greatest accomplishments that you're most proud of since your time in business? Ooh, my greatest accomplishment. I would probably have to say positioning myself as a speaker for the very first time 
at the Signature CEO Conference. That was definitely not something that was on my radar initially. And people have told me this in the past, like, oh, you should consider coaching or speaking or whatever. But I just never saw myself in that light. So actually leaning into that and taking that risk once again was something that I'm super proud of just because I felt like it was one more thing to push me forward that I could have just shied away from, but I did it anyway. And now I'm like, okay, I can see this for myself just because I like sharing my journey and I like helping other entrepreneurs show up professionally, show up with the brand. You know, that is what I love. So if I talk about something that I love, it doesn't even feel like work, if that makes sense. So that's probably the biggest thing so far. Great. And you did a great job. And that's how we so I'm glad you said yes to that opportunity. I think you definitely have a gift to share and keep doing it. Thank you. During that presentation, you talked about the difference between a brand refresh and rebranding. So can you tell our listeners what's the difference between those two? Yeah. So the reason why I felt like that was important to talk about was because oftentimes online, on social media, on your website, wherever, I see business owners all the time saying, oh my God, I got a new logo. And that doesn't necessarily say that you went through anything beyond just the visual component of your business. So like when you think of a full-blown rebrand, you are considering all these other aspects beyond just the visual component. You're thinking about your positioning in the market, you're thinking about pricing maybe in the market, you're also thinking about how you're making people feel, the type of services that you may want to offer. So I feel like a rebrand is more all-encompassing and it's focused more on the messaging, the visuals, and the emotions of your overall brand versus a refresh maybe something that's changing up your physical appearance to look a little new, but it's not really taking a full look at your business and how you're showing up. So I think of that as, now that you put that in my head, it's like a refresh is just like you changed your outfit, right? Yes. And rebrand is no, like you went on a spiritual journey and like- you, <laughs> A you, full transformation. Right, you've done all the wellness things and you've actually transformed from the inside out, so. Yes, yes, that's a good comparison right there. So what are the things that really, you know, light you up as far as is working with your clients? What are some of the things that you've seen your clients be able to achieve as a result of working with you? I think overall, the biggest thing that I love is just seeing the overall total transformation. When I get clients that go all in and they say, Tiara, I know I need brand identity. I know I need social media graphics. I know I need stationery. I need a web. Like they know that in order to really have a full change in their business and be confident about it, that they need to go through their full transformation and allow me to pick their brain and understand what they're trying to accomplish, not where they are now, but where they're going with their business. And then when it's done, they're like, I'm so glad that I did number one. And then the type of feedback they get from their audience. Some people even say before we're done with the full transformation, they may start showing tidbits of their transformation online. They're starting to book more people just because people are resonating with them more just based on a lot of their visuals that they're showing based on their story that they're telling now versus what they did in the past. 
So I think that total transformation piece is what really gets me and seeing it all come together with them. Great. I love it. I love it. What are some of the things that you have coming up, either events or resources that you have available for people to learn more about you or check out your services? Yeah. So I'm really kind of going through a season of just analyzing and reviewing, you know, everything as the year closes out. But I think what is really going to change as far as my service offerings is I'm going to kind of streamline some of those things and make just one big package for like the brand clients. So that's going to be something new where really is my offerings now, but it's in one package, right? Versus having people piecemeal things. Because what I'm finding is that you don't get that full transformation unless you get it all. That makes sense. So you'll probably see those things changing, but then you'll also see that I'm coming out with the course. So I don't want to say the date per se, but I'm working on that just because I noticed the gap in, I guess, new entrepreneurs realizing the difference between what a business is and what a brand is. And since now I'm starting to serve more, I would say entrepreneurs and small businesses that are three to five years into their business, I don't want to forget about the newbies because I know what it's like to be a newbie. And so this digital course is going to be catered towards them and just helping them with the strategy piece of their business so that once they come to me, those questions that I'm asking, they can answer and they're ready for like the visual component of branding. So that's one big thing that I'm excited about. You know, that will probably be coming out early, early 2022. And just also just partnerships with people. That's a big thing. I'm really finding that You know, if it's something that I can't necessarily provide, I like to partner with other people or even give recommendations on who I think they could work with. So I'm really working on partnering with people that have complementary types of expertise. So like copywriters, even photographers, because I'm always guiding people like you need this type of thing. You need that's going to work with your visuals. But what I'm missing is being able to give them that without them having to go off and find it themselves and hope that it comes together. Right. That's another big thing that I'm trying to trying to get out the door, these partnerships with people. Right. Love it. So where can people find you if folks want to connect with you and get on the list so they know about all these great things that are happening with you? Yeah, absolutely. So I would definitely say go to my digital home first. So dreamcatchercreativestudio.com is my website. However, you can also find me online. I am on Instagram regularly at Dreamcatcher Creative Studio. That's the handle. I'm also on Facebook, Dreamcatcher Creative. And I am also on LinkedIn. So I've been making my due diligence to try to show up on there more regularly as well. So those are the places where I hang out on a regular basis. Great. We'll put all of that information in the show notes. So if you all want to connect with Tiara, you can. So two questions I always ask my guests. So one, what are one or two songs that are on your power playlist and why? Okay. So one has to be All I Do Is Win by DJ Khaled, because that song just gets me so hyped. It makes me feel like, listen, I can do whatever. It just basically makes me forget about all those things that I was concerned about, all those losses that I had or those failures. All I do is win. And I think it just shifts my mind. So that's definitely one. I would also say... I can't really pinpoint one song from this artist, but Beyonce, anything Beyonce, super upbeat. It makes me feel like I'm a boss. I can do this. And then I would probably have to say Biggie, Get Money, just because I'm a 90s 
R&B and rap kind of person. And that's also like, it's motivating me to get money. So that's definitely one of the songs that I absolutely have to have on my playlist as well. Great. Uh, all great songs. I like <laughs> the music. And then the last question is, what is one book that has influenced how you thrive in business? So there's a couple of books. One that I would say I really enjoy reading and it came from me watching the show. So I saw this person on Shark Tank. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but Damon John has a book called The Power of Broke. Mm -hmm. And I ended up reading that and that book was really, really good for me. And then also I've been in this journey of just becoming more familiar with money and with business credit and those types of things. So I would definitely say Profit First is another one that I really enjoy. And then the other one, I can't keep, I can't find it right now, but there's another one that's in regards to business credit. So anything that has to do with business credit, all that kind of stuff, it's good. But if I'm not reading, I'm usually listening to a podcast, like a business related kind of podcast, just because I'm always on the go. I feel like it's easy for me to like pop that on and listen in the car if I'm trying to work out or something like that. Great. So what are your top two favorite podcasts that you listen to? Ooh, so there's one called A Well-Rounded Life. And I actually, I met Jamira probably five years ago when I was in the wedding industry. So she ended up turning into like a coach. So now she has a podcast surrounded around that. And then another one that I really like is, it's not really related to business, but it's, it's more just what I, it keeps me grounded, I would say. Is Therapy for Black Women. I listen to that one often just because she talks about so many great topics. Great. Thank you for the recommendations. I've listened to Therapy for Black Women, but I have not listened to A Well-Rounded Life. So I will add those to my podcast list. I I love listening to podcasts. Like you said, they're just easy and you can, I listen to them all day on that. Like it is my soundtrack. Yeah, that's me too. Me too. Well, Tiara, it has been great talking with you today. I am so excited about what you're doing out here in this world and looking forward to seeing what you do next. Thank you so much for having me, Nikki. Yes. Take care. Have a great one. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Women Thriving in Business podcast. If you like this episode, share it with a friend. You can also join us in social media to share your feedback and comments. We'd love to hear from you. Be sure to like, review, and subscribe on iTunes so you never miss an episode. Until next week, keep thriving.